he has the best chant in the NHL, right? Oh yeah, Bruce, sure. there it is. Bruce, <laughs> there it is. Heard that all all Oilers game the other night on Hockey Night in Canada. This is the MJ Sports Pod with your hosts Mike and Josh Vanderswag. We're talking headlines, breaking news, and all things sports. The show begins in three, two, one, let's go. Well, come on in to the MJ Sports Pod Season 1, Episode 15. Uh, our first one, Josh, of 2023. It's taken a while. It's January the 17th as we record the first half of this pod. Um, we got our fancy new intro there to the pod. Yeah, uh, yeah we're moving up in the world here. But uh, no, I mean, uh, how's how's your new year started off so far? Mine's kind of been hectic, but but good, I would say. Yeah, no, I'd say they're both the same. Um, work, for me anyways, has been very busy. <laughs> lately and like uh i'm always i'm i've been behind on all my i work for those who don't know i work in air conditioning and hvac and i've been behind on all my contracts that i need to get done for like i'm like a month behind still still trying to catch up so <laughs> yeah yeah well those air condition units they're uh high demand right now in the minus 30 weather no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah i know you I'll do heating you- they do heating and air conditioning, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's good, right? And it's good to be able to pod. It gives us something uh, just lighthearted maybe to do while we're in the mon- in the busyness of life and mm. getting that rhythm and just something different for a change. So uh, today on the show, Josh, we want to talk some NHL headlines, uh, news. There's been a lot that's taken place since we were on the pod last because uh, we did our New Year's uh top 10 special but before that i think the last time we recorded was right before christmas so a lot of stuff has transpired the world juniors have gone by canada wins gold in that um in overtime a game that was pretty intense actually and czechia takes home silver it's uh it's been quite the storylines and the australian open is going with tennis right now uh it's just i don't know it's a good time to be a sports fan i guess and the nhl's you know getting closer to all-star and then they get to trade deadline and there will be the stretch run so we're on a good run yeah, of sports got, things right now, but yeah, we got some uh, NHL signing or re-signings. I think we should uh, we'll probably touch on to a few uh, Stuart Skinner being one of them. But there's been a few uh, extensions already going around the league. So yeah, yeah. So uh, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back on the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod Season 1, Episode 15. So, um, during the break there, Josh, I actually tallied our, our final tally of the regular season. And uh, I finished at 26 and 22. And you finished at 28 and 20. So you win the regular season. We'll, um, Just an NFL we, expert here. That's all. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> so we'll... We'll see where it goes, um, but uh, that's kind of where we're at. We're going to move on to some some headlines here. Um, 
I guess kind of number one headline, like it's been a while since we've done any of this. I was uh, putting together the the New Year's Eve one because we hadn't released that at the time of recording this. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> the World Juniors Canada's 2-0-1. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, so much has happened since. So Canada wins the World Juniors. <laughs> they somehow have to face Czechia, the only team to beat them in the tournament for the gold medal. Uh, they're cruising 2 nothing. seven minutes left. Czechia gets uh, well, a goal and then a weird tip, and it just missed the toe of, uh, of Milic there, and it's 2-2. Two, two. Um, I was watching the game at the curling club with my uh, curling team before we curled because everyone wanted to watch the game, and our skip's like, I hope we don't just cruise to the end here 2 nothing." He's like, like, you want this to be some close game. Well, that's like jaw-dropping like quiet overtime there, right? And I was like, oh, thanks. He's like, see, isn't this more fun, boys? Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so they get it. Um, Gunther, was it Gun- Dylan Gunther that scored the golden goal? Yeah. So, it's, so. Uh, it's, uh, it's there, back-to-back gold medals. Both gold medal games go to overtime in the summer and in the winter. Um, Czechia, though, man, like – First medal in since two thousand five, I think. I think they won a bronze in 05. But like they were guaranteed when they beat Sweden in overtime, Sweden was up <laughs> with thirty seconds left. Czechia tied it, then scored in overtime, and uh, were guaranteed a medal at that point. And uh, and Sweden didn't win anything. They were thirty seconds away from the gold medal game, and they left with fourth place. Um, but they also lost like eight seven to the U.S., so that shouldn't have happened either. You shouldn't have to score eight <laughs> or seven goals and lose. But Canada wins the World Juniors, but that's not mainly what I want to talk about is uh, Shane Wright. So the tournament ends. Everyone's talking Bedard, right? And uh, why not? Set the records. There's amazing things that took place there. We will talk more about him around the draft. But the Kraken send Shane Wright back to the OHL, back to Kingston. Um I, I don't even know if he actually went to Kingston because there was rumors that he was going to be traded. As soon as that was announced, they said, oh, he's on his way somewhere else. So did he show up? I actually I actually don't know. I should have looked that up before I started talking about this. But I don't think he played <laughs> a game for the Frontenacs. Um, but he got traded to the Windsor Spitfires. Um, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Like, it's just kind of crazy how it's unraveled. I think, it, I think it's – there's two sides, right? Is he too good for the OHL? Maybe. Um, but not good enough for the Kraken. Like it's a, and I know we've talked about the rule about drafting, right? Like you can't send him down to the AHL to develop him. You have to send him to junior. So there's that aspect too. But what do you think about this? It's kind of been an interesting surprise to many after he won and captain Canada to gold. Yeah, I think I think the big thing about it is that is that rule, right? Like he was getting. He kind of reminds me of almost like Dylan Holloway on the Oilers. Like he doesn't play a ton on the Kraken and I think that's partially because they're uh in a playoff like kind of in that hunt for a playoff run or a playoff spot mm-hmm. I should say yeah. I think if they were like kind of like they were last year like just bottom of the barrel then I think he stays on the team and they push him up the line up a bit put him on like some power play some penalty kill like because yeah. you could live with any any sort of mistake he would make because it's like well we're not getting into the playoffs anyways but i think with the fact that they're getting they're fighting for a playoff spot he's only playing five some minutes a night uh between five yeah. and ten i think what he was averaging so like i think 
sending him, seeing what he did in the World Juniors and how well he was playing, I think sending him down was probably the right move just for a confidence level and for a development. Sorry? I said, nice pun. It was the right move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No, I think, I think for like the, just for like the development of him as well, like that's, that's my big thing about Holloway on the Oilers. Like, I don't think he's a bad player. I've always just been more concerned about the development uh, mm-hmm. of his game at when you're playing a guy that's like a young guy like that, like for five minutes a night, it's like, does that really help? Like, yes, he's practicing with, NHL caliber players, but he doesn't get to play a ton against them. Yeah. And that's always, and the thing is Dylan Holloway could go to the AHL. He wouldn't be like a junior guy. He could go to the AHL. So, um, yeah, he, Dylan Holloway yeah. played there last year, right? A little bit at yeah. the end of the season. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, no, but I think, I think it was the right move for Shane Wright anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, as soon as they like, as soon as rumors started swirling that he'd be traded, because Kingston isn't in, they're not going to contend for the title this year. Mm-hmm. But you have Windsor Spitfires, you have the London Knights, you have these teams are always there. And so I predicted it might be London, and it was Windsor in the end. Um, and we'll see, we'll see what he adds to the team. Like come playoff time, that's really when it's going to count um, mm-hmm. of what they got for him. But like you look at that the trades that went down that day. I mean, <laughs> I'm just going to pull a couple up on my phone here, but like all the world junior guys were getting traded and, and that always happens after the world juniors guys are flying all over the place to different teams because they're like, Oh look, they're actually good. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's so interesting. Um, and I don't even they, think the Shane Wright, I thought, I don't even think the Shane Wright one was the biggest one. I think it was that other one with uh, that defenseman. I can't think of his name right now, but yeah, Olin, Olin Zellweger. The, uh, I think he was a defenseman. Zellweger, that's the guy. Like, I think that was the biggest trade. Like, the amount of draft picks that was involved in that was unreal. <laughs> it was like a draft pick for you, a draft pick for you. Um, <laughs> no, but but for real, it was it was pretty insane. Um, and uh, I think I think it's going to be interesting to see like how these, you know, how these work out because. Like the Kamloops Blazer trade that you're talking about with Olin Zellweger, uh, him and Hofer go to Ryan Hofer go to the Everett Silver Tips for four guys: Caden Hamill, Drew Englot, Ryan Pierce, Jack Baker. Then you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten draft picks that go the other way, um, and only one of those draft picks is a conditional pick, so they get all those regardless. Um, four of those 10 are first round picks. Two of them are second round picks. And then there's a third, fourth, fifth, and sixth in there, uh, for various years. Uh, the picks range from 2023 to 2026, I think is the latest one. Um, but yeah, only, and the conditional pick isn't even a first round pick. Those four first rounds are theirs regardless. The conditional pick is actually a second round in 2026 of all things. I like, I wonder how they settle on that. Right. But that's, uh, that's the one trade. Um, Zach Ostapchuk, who was on, I think he was on the World Juniors. He went to the uh, Winnipeg Ice for Skyler Bruce, Connor Dale, uh, Hudson Landmark, Owen Breeze, first round pick, first round pick, first round pick, fifth round pick. One guy for all that, right? Um, <laughs> now you look at these teams. So the Blazers are going to be good this year. Like they'll they'll make a run. The Ice are going to be good. The Red Deer Rebels are going to be good. Like there is some. It kind of does make sense in a. In a, in a weird way, um, but even even Shane Wright, Shane Wright, and a conditional fourteenth round pick. So that just shows the difference in the OHL. 
um, goes to Kingston or goes to Windsor, sorry, for two players and a one, two, three, four, five, five picks. Two of them. Okay, sorry, seven picks. Two of them are conditional. Like it's just, it's just, it's just weird how the trades work there, eh? Yeah, it's it's also weird thinking about it because uh, I actually heard I was listening to a podcast a while back when they were talking about these uh, OHL trades and stuff, and they said when you really like dive into it, like those uh, for the Zellweger one, like the twenty twenty six one. Uh, I can't remember they said the age they drafted these guys like into the OHL. I think it's like 14 or maybe that's way too low. Yeah, it's mid-teens uh, somewhere. Yeah, so 14, 15 or something. So they're like, that person right now is like eight years old mm-hmm. or like seven years old. Like, yeah. <laughs> terms, like, that's you're basically like looking that far into the future at somebody who's like seven or eight years old right now. Yeah. So like, I was pretty surprised actually at the return for, uh, Shane Wright, I thought it was going to be a lot more just because of like how much he's talked about and stuff, but like it seemed minimal compared to like some of these other trades going around. Well, and I think a lot of people thought he would go to London, right? Because they're kind of the uh, they've been dubbed as <laughs> my friend dubbed them the Regina Pats of the uh, OHL, <laughs> just everything goes through them, but um. Yeah, and and I mean, when you look at the WHL returns that we're getting for some of these secondary scores on that World Junior team, it's insane. But I also like then I look too like, so Kingston sent a 14th round pick. Like, what does that mean? Like, how how deep in the draft? Like, who are they going to get with that? You know? Yeah. And they only have right for this year because then he ages out. Mm, um, and he, he'll be in the NHL full time next year. Yeah, exactly. So you want to make a run now. Windsor's going to make a run. They're always good. Taylor Hall. There's been a lot of good players that played on that team, um, and and won. So, but yeah, I would agree with you. Like the return when I heard he's going to be traded, which wasn't a surprise when he comes back because we've seen that happen before. Um, but when you heard like, here's what it is. It was it was kind of anticlimactic <laughs> compared yeah. to what we just seen in the dub for the last the previous like four days. Yeah, no, I agree. So, yeah, so that's kind of kind of WH. Do you have more to add to that? Uh, no, I think that's about it on that okay. end. So we want to move to the CFL quickly here. Nathan Rourke is no more in the CFL. Um, if I am correct, I, I should have looked up his uh, his contract status, but I think if he were to come back to the CFL, he'd have a year left with the Lions. I think there was something there. I don't think they outright released him. They allowed him to pursue tryouts. But sometimes they release them to do that, so so I'm not sure. Do you know how that works? No, I was going to say I think that's usually like seems to be how it goes from the CFL. Like they release, quote unquote, release them mm-hmm. to go try out, and then I think I think it all depends on the contract status. Like if they get signed to the team to an NFL team, I don't know if that terminates it then, right? Officially, and then like if they don't make it, then they just come back to like. If he didn't make it, he'd just come back and he'd be with the BC Lions still, right? Like, it wouldn't be yeah. that his contract was, like, null and void, basically, anymore. I think it's, like, a temporary release more so than, like, a full-on, like, tear up the contract sort of deal. But Yeah, and I, like, I think for him, there's, uh, it sucks, man. It's It sucks for the CFL because this is what happens, right? They get too good and they leave. Um mm. Or they tr- or they think they're too good and they leave. We saw Alex Singleton do the same thing, and he's playing full time in the NFL, right? He was a killer Canadian linebacker for the Stampeders, and that's that. 
the Riders had Dakota Shepley on the offensive line. He's still playing the NFL. He left after one season. Um, and look at what their problem was this year, right? Offensive line. Like it's it's just you finally get some good guys and then they're gone. And and especially when it's the quarterback position. Now we're all gonna applaud him because he's Canadian. We all liked Strevler when he went down there too, even if we weren't a fan of him in the CFL. Um hmm. And the fact that he goes to Jacksonville to compete for a number two spot, he's going to make killing cash just for that spot. He might not even play. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say he's going to hope for a Trevor Lawrence injury, <laughs> but but that might be what it turns into for him. Um, but yeah, what do you think about that? Like, it, this is the problem with the CFL. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. It it does suck, but I mean, you can't. At the same time, they can't like. I'm. I don't know if they could just be like, uh, actually, no, we, we won't release you to go to the NFL. Like, you got to stay with us for another year kind of thing. But, like, I think the BC Lions were also in a decent spot because they still have Vernon Adams there. Mm-hmm. So, like, there, we were talking about that a while ago, too. Like, if Nathan Rourke left, like, if or if he stayed, rather, Vernon Adams would probably be traded somewhere. But I think that's a good insurance policy that they brought in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it- now that they- yeah. Since this has happened, like they have that at least that they have Vernon Adams there that can still still starting quarterback potential like potential. So yeah, and and like Vernon Adams is not Nathan Rourke, but it does it's not like you're dropping to someone that's never played before. Um yeah. that's that's their saving grace there. But I I know I think it was uh the coach of the Argonauts, Ryan Dinwiddie. I think he came out and said the CFL needs to restructure their contract statuses or uh payment payouts to different tiers and he says like your starting quarterback should not count towards your cap and then the rest you know and then you have your secondary players and your third stringers like in in different categories he said that might allow you to keep some of these star quarterbacks if you could pay them more to which there is some validity to that but then what classifies you as a first tier and second tier and third tier player you know like then you run into that problem um you have guys that don't want to play because they're being paid for third tier status when the, you know, say the Elks are going to pay you second tier status. That, that to me is where you run into this problem. And maybe I don't understand it clear enough what he's saying, but um, it is an interesting thing because they asked him about keeping Canadian talent. I mean, the Argos don't care. They don't have to play against Rourke, but I mean, for BC fans, it's a little bit of a letdown after the season. They just had Burnham retired and Rourke is gone. Yeah. And like, that is another thing. Like the fact that he's going to be fighting for a backup role in the NFL, he'll make a lot more money, like way more money doing that than he would as a starting quarterback in the mm-hmm. CFL. Mm-hmm. So like there's issues like that with the, with the uh, like salaries and stuff in the CFL. That is another reason that guys go and try for an opportunity there because even guys sitting on the benches, like his backup roles and <laughs> reserve guys and even special teams guys, they make more money than some of the CFL players. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh you know, like the Riders, I remember when Corey Sheets went to the NFL after his breakout year with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and he tore his ACL in the preseason. So, like, you never really actually got to see what he could do. But um, in 2002, Ricky Ray, great uh, great cup appearance in his rookie season, 2003, he lost to Calvillo. And then 2003, he beat Calvillo in Regina. Um, 2004, he went to the NFL. He's the fourth string quarterback for the New York Jets, which you would laugh at now because of who the Jets are but he was the fourth string quarterback for the New York Jets and he made way more money than starting in the CFL. 
And the CFL then, you know, is waiting up here. Jason Moss is ripping it up. He had a career year while Ray was gone. And then Ray said, no, I'm going back to play. He comes back, wins the Grey Cup again. So he he won the Grey Cup, went to the NFL, won the Grey Cup again. Uh, a couple seasons later, he would be off to uh, to Toronto. But um, it, it, it just is what it is. Like, he was making a killing cash to be on the practice roster. Chris Strebler, he's been dressed for X amount of games, so he now qualifies for an NFL pension, regardless of how he ends his career. Like, it's just like, wow. what? <laughs> like, the guy threw for, like, not even a 1,000 yards in the NFL, probably ran for just as many, and he's got a pension locked up. So yeah. it is, it's the problem with the CFL. I love the CFL game. It's just the, the marketing and the way they go about some of these things is needs work and needs help. You cannot oh, keep yeah. losing all your talent, especially Canadian quarterback. Um, now, BC could surprise us all. They still have that dynamite receiving core, even without Burnham. But they're not going to, I don't think they're going to be what they are going to be. The only thing I can think is that I'm grateful I got to see the Lions play in the Western final and see Rourke live once before he left because, I mean, he's just different out there, right? And and it's, yeah, it's going to be what it's going to be. And and the quarterback carousel, I believe, will start to start to solidify. Uh, mm-hmm. Rumors now flying that if Hamilton does re-sign Bo Levi Mitchell, Dane Evans will be coming to Saskatchewan. I've been reading that now the last few days. Don't know if that's really an upgrade. And then I saw Dickinson say, well, we could bring Fajardo back, but we might not. He's a good guy, but I don't know. And I'm like, Dickinson, stop talking. Stop <laughs> talking. You're just making it worse. Um, and I've I've lost a lot for Dickinson because it's just like, I don't, and I don't know if he's being taken out of context. These are just things I read, right? But um, it's very intriguing to, to dwell upon. It's like, what are you doing? So anything else you want to say to the CFL there? Uh, no, I think that's about it on that. Can put a bow on that for now. Put a put a bow on it. Put it on the shelf till next week. Um, then we'll shift quickly to the NHL, where one of the weirdest stories of the season, as we record this, because we didn't get it out in time for our NFL picks, so it's going to look completely weird when we put this episode out. But as we record this, it is January the twenty third. This portion, uh, Bruce Boudreaux is out in Vancouver and one of the weirdest coaching changes I can remember in recent history. And that's including this, the coach's witch hunt as some of my friends called it the one year when Bill Peters got fired for abuse. And then like, it was just like, it kept going. Joel Quenville got like, like he resigned. Uh, like it just kept unfolding. Um, but Bruce Boudreaux out as the Vancouver Canucks coach after like a hundred games, maybe I don't even know what his record was. Um, but like they let him stay there until they were done with the tough games <laughs> and then the Oilers beat them. The fans chanting Bruce, there it is all weekend. And he goes and congratulates the players on and thanks them for their work ethic. He hasn't even been fired. And then Monday, Sunday morning, I guess it was, he finally is told, you know, you're out and Rick Tockett comes in. Is that an upgrade? I don't think so. Personally, he could prove us wrong. I've said it many times when the Canadian teams are good, it's good for the NHL. But um, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? Like, I just, I couldn't believe they were letting Bruce stay there and parading him out to these interviews where he's all emotional because he knows the end is like on Monday kind of thing. Um, He gets to work through the weekend and then he's going home for a long vacation. But I don't know. What do you think? 
yeah, I don't know. Did you see that uh, press conference where he's like, I don't know why I'm still here or whatever he already yeah. said it? Yeah, he's like, and he kind of said like what you said, like he's like maybe because the next few games are Chicago and such and such, Seattle and somebody else. I think he said I can't remember who it was. Columbus, probably. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like maybe that's the reason, and people were kind of chuckling and stuff. But it it's, I don't know. I felt like it was kind of disrespectful, like. If you're gonna let him go, just let him go. Like, why keep dragging him through the mud, basically, and just holding on to him until the tough part of the schedule is over, so the new coach gets like a good start. You know, like <laughs> yeah, like on paper talk, it should go two and one in his first three games. Yeah. Um, but I, the underlying problem to this isn't even that he's let go. It's like he he is not the issue there. The no, coaching is no. the farthest from the problem. And then today, TSN released a, a thing. They're paying $7 million to three coaches over the next two seasons. Yeah, I just saw that too, yeah. That's be- like Travis Green's still getting paid, and he's two coaches ago already. Yeah. It's like Bruce was not the problem. If anything, he boosted that team to better than they should have been. They have no Thatcher Demko, who actually wasn't very good this year at all before he got hurt. Um, JT Miller just loses his mind on every other play. And people think he's probably a problem in the locker room, even though they signed him to a massive deal. Um, Bo Horvat doesn't want the deal they're offering, so he's probably out. Like, there's so many other problems to this team than Bruce Boudreaux. And mm-hmm. I mean, Bruce Boudreaux, he's the classic coach. How many years did he coach in Washington to like President's Trophy caliber teams? And then they would just bow out in round one. Then he coached the Ducks, same thing happened. Coached the Wild, same thing happened. He just never could win in the playoffs, but that doesn't discredit, like that shouldn't discount what he could do. Um, he'll go down as one of the greatest coaches in the NHL history, in my opinion, when it's all said and done. I think he'll land somewhere else. Um, I hope he does because I would hate for that to be the end of his NHL coaching career, the way that ended with him in, in tears on the bench the other night once uh, once the game was over against Edmonton. Yeah, no, I like I said, I think it's pretty disrespectful. And I think I've said on the podcast before, I feel like that's just such an easy out for teams when they're struggling is just fire the coach. But the fact that that ownership group is okay with paying $7 million to coaches that and two of them aren't there now anymore, like that's just un- insane. They're paying just under $5 million for Boost Brudrow and Travis Green. <laughs> and they don't, they're not even working there anymore. Like that's <laughs> insane. And like, and I don't like I don't wish no success to ev- like to people in their jobs. Right, you want everyone to succeed, but I hope it becomes apparent that like that talk it does struggle a bit at the beginning, just to be apparent like this is not a coaching problem. Um, yeah. The only yeah, reason no, I think that you can cop out that it's a coaching problem is it was the same team that Boudreaux took over and he led them on like a six game winning streak or whatever it was when he first got the team. But that always happens when you get a new coach. We saw that with Woodcroft too. And halfway through this year in December, Oilers fans were like, we should switch coaches. Like, nope, nope. And now that we've won six in a row, they're like, oh, we should keep him. He's good. Like, it's just like, just simmer down here. Um, And the other problem for me is that you have the actual Canuck fans on Twitter calling out the owner, asking him to sell the team. I have never seen that before. No, that's insane. (laughs) Like that, that just tells you how frustrated these fans are. And the fact that you have the players love Bruce, the fans are cheering, keep Bruce, Bruce, there it is, all that stuff. And, and he still gets like, like 
it's like everyone loves him except the management. Like that's the other thing I don't get. And Jim Rutherford, you know, like the I think it was the GM went to fist bump him after a press conference and he just ushered him out of the way. He didn't even and everyone's like, okay, here we go. And Rutherford's like, I thought we'd have to do minor surgery, but now we have to do major surgery. And like he's like, Bruce is my friend. And it's like, okay, well, don't let him go then. Like if, yeah. if you're all sad that you have to do this, then don't do it. Maybe reevaluate what you're about to do. Yeah, no, and I think kind of like what you said, it's not like I like, oh, I hope Rick Talkett sucks, but I kind of hope he does just for, almost only because of the way they treated Bruce Brudro. Like right. I feel like it was super disrespectful the way they went about that. Like if you're gonna make the change, make the change. Don't like I said, don't drag him through the mud through all the hard games on your mm-hmm. schedule just to give the new coach an easy start. Like if yeah. you want to see what a new coach can do, you'd put him in against a hard opponent, wouldn't you? Like in my opinion, and be like, Yeah. Like and they get the win to be like, okay, like he, this was a difficult opponent. We were like on paper, we shouldn't have beat them, but we did. Maybe yep. we made a right decision rather than like, I don't know. I don't think you even need a coach to beat Chicago. Well, <laughs> personally, like, that's just it. And and it doesn't make any sense, like how this has gone about. And, and just the fact that they're like, oh, we, you know, this is how it is. And we're just going to end this way. And Bruce is out. And, you know, it's just like, what, like, why, why is Bruce out of all teams and or of all guys? Like, and where who is the GM of that team? You don't ever hear him. You only hear Rutherford talking about things, and Rutherford's the president. He's not even the GM. So I like. There's a lot of issues there in my in my opinion that need to I be remedied. Rutherford was, I thought Rutherford was like the GM right now. Like I thought he kind of took over that role. Uh, he no, he handed it off shortly after. He was GM for like four days. Oh, okay. Um, but like, like you're saying, putting them in against a hard opponent. Okay. Like, so when, uh, when the Oilers, you know, were losing and then they went on a little bit of a win streak and then they lost two games, um, they play Woodcroft came in, he beat the Islanders three, one, the Sharks three, nothing, the Kings five, two, the Ducks seven, three, the Jets four, two. Then he lost a game, lost to Tampa Bay, beat the Panthers again, four, three, like, those some those are not all good teams, but the Islanders are no slouch, and no. that was his first win as a head coach. Um, and they proved like right away the fans loved him, right? Because he showed up that morning. <laughs> I I still remember that, and it's like, yeah, you're coaching in six hours, and you've never been behind the bench, you know, as a head coach. Um, but they did it right, and they played for him, and they still do. I mean, we're on a on a tear right now. Our goaltending is finally coming together. And defense is playing, all five of them are playing defense, which is nice. But <laughs> it is like, I just, I feel for Bruce and I don't even like the Canucks. Like, it was gut wrenching watching him tear <laughs> up on the bench to finish. Like, I hope the management watches this and be like, man, we did, we messed up here because, yeah, it's, uh, you should never, I don't know. They just left him out to dry literally on the sidelines watching him tear up. Like, how do you just brush past that and then fire him? Like, Thanks for all you did, yeah. but you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out. It's, it's ri- ridiculous. Yeah, no, like I said, super disrespectful. Like, I don't know why. Like I said, I don't know why you drag him through all that if he even knows the end is coming. Like, why not just deal with it and move on? Like, I don't understand. I never understood the way. Like, everyone, everyone knew it was coming, even yeah. Bruce. And it's like, so why isn't it happening? Like, why are we still holding on to it? Like, let's just. 
so disrespectful in my opinion like it, i don't have any other word for it other than disrespectful like it, it makes no sense and um i listened to a, a report today on instagram as a as a news report and it says uh bruce bowdrew uh this lady completely butchered it was is out as the coach of the canuck canucks the canucks and rick tokett will be uh will be headed out um to become the new coach of the Canucks. I was like, the Canucks? Like, what is going on here? But Vancouver is uh, in turmoil. You hope it turns around for them. Um, but we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll do our performers of the week and uh, wrap up the show on the other side of the break right here on the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod, Season 1, Episode 15, and we're in the closing time of the show here today. Um, want to do our Performers of the Week, and uh, my Performer of the Week is going to kind of date back because this show has taken over a week to record. Um, Jack Campbell is going to be my guy. He has he took the reins. Stuart Skinner went home. His wife, uh, Chloe, and he welcomed their son into the world, and uh Jack Campbell took between the pipes and he's had a, a 900 or above save percentage in his last five starts. And he's won all five of them. Um, finally, the Campbell, not only Oilers fans, but the NHL has wondered where he went. He's finally there. Uh, we were on this show a couple weeks ago asking if they needed a new goaltending coach. Um, Skinner played against the Canucks. We talked about the Canucks. Skinner played against Canucks, played fairly well uh, for not playing in a long time. Uh, the Oilers have two more games and then they're off for a week. Um, it's their mandated week off, and then it goes into the All Star break. So it's like two weeks till they play another game. So they play Columbus and then uh, Chicago on Hockey Night in Canada, and you would think they'll split those games between Skinner and Campbell. Um, you don't want either of them to go, you know, more than two weeks. Like they need to each play before the break. Is my point. Um, be too much time otherwise. But um, that's my performer of the week. Uh, for this week, Josh, and uh, let me know who do you got there for your performer. I think uh, for me, my performer of the week is actually going to be Bruce Boudreau, just for him having to be honest. Like, I don't know if I could have taken it myself. <laughs> That's gold. Like, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. Like, you, he knows the end's coming. Everyone knows, and they're just like, oh, we'll just hang on to you for a little while. And he has to, like, it's not like he can just like sit in the corner. Like he's the head coach. He's got to still like do practices and run meetings and like take charge of the team and press conferences and everything. Like it takes a pretty like better man than I, I guess I should say to be able to put up with that, knowing the, that you're about to be fired. And not, not many players were taking his side. <laughs> like, no, or, I, I shouldn't say that they're taking his side, but not, none of them were really facing the media. I saw like one or two interviews compared to all the ones Bruce had to do. Yeah, no, I saw, I heard one of Horvat's, and I think Tyler Myers. I didn't even hear his. I just kind of heard part of Horvat's. So, like, yeah, I don't know. That'll be my performer of the week right now. Just like kind of take a whole side approach or like curveball to that. But, (laughs) well, and he has the best, he has the best chant in the NHL, right? Oh, yeah. Bruce, there it is. (laughs) Bruce, there it is. Heard that all. All Oilers game the other night on Hockey Night in Canada. <laughs> Every, and then they scored a couple goals and it just got louder and that's how they sent him out. But uh, yeah, 
<laughs> awesome. All right, right on. Well, that'll do it for us here on the show. Season one, episode 15 in the books. Uh, you can find us on social media if you so desire. Uh, we are on Facebook, MJ Sports Pod is the page. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, at MJ Sports Pod. Um, you can reach us via email if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, MJ Sports Pod at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, you can find us wherever you find your podcasts iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music um acast.com is where what powers our podcast um find it anywhere that you find your podcasts be sure to click subscribe leave us a rating leave us comments on how we can make this better what you think of what we've said uh give us some feedback and we'll continue on making these but uh that'll be season one episode 15 uh stay tuned we're going to be back with episode 16 hopefully it's not too long uh we've had a couple hiatuses in this whole journey and uh we want to make sure we're continuing to make more and more episodes together. So uh, season one, episode 15 in the books. So take care. We hope you can join us next time for season one, episode 16 of the MJ Sports Pod.